Shalom, shalom. It's Kenny Russell, Bulldozer Faith, living life in the spirit. I hope you are having a blessed day wherever you are watching from. What a blessing it is we can come together and spend time in devotion before Yehovah to lift up the name of a mighty God. He is mighty to save, and I hope that he has supernaturally transformed your life like he has mine. What a blessing it is to serve Yehovah. If you're just tuning in, just post on the comments. Let us know where you are watching from. I see we've got B in Texas with us. We've got Miguel in Indiana. We've got Tony in Texas. We've got Esther in uh, Melbourne, Australia. We've got um, Lede. <laughs> okay, I can hardly read it. I need to get my glasses on. We've got Paula as well in uh, Arkansas. That's not helping that distance. Anyway, welcome. Thanks for joining with us. Um, good time to share with others right now on your social media feeds. We're going to be uh, talking about uh, Awaken Your Might, Come and Save Us. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we're talking about spiritual fruit, getting back to the fruit. That's what we're talking about. Today is Election Day in the USA, and I think there's something like an hour to go before the polls close. So we're definitely looking forward to what the Father is going to be doing in America. But there is some business that's even more important than what's hanging in the balances in the political realm, it is what's happening in the kingdom of Yehovah. So as we wait on the results of what's happening in politics within the U.S., we're going to press in and do some kingdom work and transformation within our lives. And I've just spent the day just, you know, studying the scriptures and pressing in and uh Anyway, it's an interesting word tonight, interesting direction that we're going to be coming at here, but uh, I hope that uh, you'll be blessed and encouraged with the word. Uh, we've got Ken Russell joining us as well. Welcome. We've got Lola as well. We've got Betty Scott as well. Welcome. We've got Douglas and uh, we've got Don. Welcome. Shalom, shalom. Thanks for joining with us. Thank you, Father. All right. So listen, if uh, we get a problem with the sound, which we've had happen twice, I've done a change in the setup. So hopefully everything is going to be okay. But I'll just keep an eye on the feed. If you hear the sound go out, please let us know as soon as possible. Uh, I've got another audio feed system set up in the program that I can just click a button and uh, we won't have any delay. We'll go straight to the computer microphone and we'll keep teaching. Anyway, Father, we want to thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, that we can walk in accordance with your will and purpose. And more than anything, Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that understands. We lay our lives before you, and we ask, Father, that you empower us by your Spirit. We don't want to walk through this life in religion, but we choose, we make a choice that we're going to live life by the Spirit, that this is the time of the victory of a mighty God dwelling within our lives. And Father, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. It's our spiritual act of worship. We make a decision that we're not going to conform to the patterns of the world. And Father, as we go through the scriptures that you've uh, set before us today, I pray, Father, you minister to us. You give us a key insight. You bring transformation that you align us for not success, but you align us for significance 
regarding the kingdom. So yours is the power and the glory, and we worship you, Heavenly Father, in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. All right. Well, listen, we're just going to get into the scripture. I want to talk about uh, the parable of the vineyard. We're going to be talking from the book of Isaiah chapter 5. That's where we're going to start. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting chapter. Um, We'll see how much of it we actually um, uh, read and and go through. You know, we might just read the whole chapter. Um, You know, I just want us to take our time tonight and just absorb the word. And the other day, what I said to you, I said, look, I encourage you, set aside time every day where it's just you and the scriptures. Just take the Bible, get rid of your social media, take the Word of God, set yourself aside, and just start praying in the Spirit. Just start listening, and just ask the Father, what do you want to say to me? What, what, do, you, what do you want to speak <clears throat> into my life? What, what is important? What's an important word that needs to go through me to this generation? And just ask him to open up the scriptures and, uh, you know, what we are sharing on this series on getting back to the fruit. It's like I shared the other day. We've got our newsletter coming out. If I can get it finished, I've got so many things I'm writing uh, for our newsletter. We're going to start doing more update newsletters on what's going on in the ministry. But the reason we're back doing daily devotion is because we are still in crisis in the nations And, you know, every one of us has one life and we have to make it count or you don't have to. But, you know, I hope I'm surrounded by a bunch of people that choose to make it count for Yeshua. I want to make it count. And if that's where you are, then praise Yehovah. We're going to see the victory in the kingdom. You know, it says in Job chapter 14, a man's days are numbered. You know the number of his months. He cannot live longer than the time you have set. But let me tell you something. You can live shorter than the time that is set. You can't live longer, but you can live shorter. If you're in rebellion and disobedience, you're going to die in the wilderness. And that's not where we want to be. But we want to fulfill the purposes of Yehovah. So we are on this earth for a purpose. So if you don't get about God's purpose for your life... You know, your days are not secure. Your days are not secure. So we want to press in and understand the times in which we're living and make sure that our time counts. The bad news is that time flies. The good news is that you and I, we are the pilots of our time. If you're the pilot of your time, how are you navigating and making the most of the time that Elohim has given you? And I want you to ask that question. What are we doing with our time? And as we go through the vineyard, and uh, we're going to go to John chapter 16, as we start breaking down some of these scriptures, listen, I hope it's going to be a wake-up call to really challenge us to fine-tune our lives to make a difference for the kingdom. Because listen, it's only what you do for the kingdom that counts. So how are we aligning 
our life. And these are key things that I want us to be looking at and pressing in. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 5. And I just encourage you just to take notes of uh, these scriptures. It doesn't look like we've got uh, uh, Russell on with us from Liverpool. He's always good at putting the scriptures up in the comment feed. Isaiah chapter 5, that's where we're going to be reading from. So let's uh, start. Um, it says in verse 1, I will. S- <laughs> Before we start, let's put the glasses on so we can see it. Okay. I will sing for the one I love. A song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. You know, it's quite an an amazing opening. It says, I will sing of the one I love. You know, when you've got a song of joy, a love song that's coming forth, you know, the love songs are some of the greatest love songs or the greatest songs that we hear are songs of love. You know, if you go back to chapter 4, I want to read a few verses in chapter 4. Um, in, in verse 2, it says, In that day the branch of Yehovah will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of the survivors in Israel, those who are left in Zion, who remain in Jerusalem, <coughs> will be called holy all who are recorded among the living in Jerusalem. Verse 4, Yehovah will wash away the filth of the woman of Zion. He will cleanse the bloodstains from Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. Then Yehovah will create over all of Mount Zion and over all those who assemble There a cloud of smoke by day and a glow of flaming fire by night. Over all the glory will be a canopy. Hallelujah. It will be a shelter and a shade from the heat of the day and a refuge and a hiding place from the storm and the rain. Glory to God. What are we seeing here? We are seeing that there's another day coming where the manifestation of the kingdom will be just as powerful as what we saw with the coming out of Egypt. What did they have? A pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. We're seeing this canopy of the glory of Yehovah over Jerusalem and over his people. And this is the build up to the words. And I will sing. For the one I love, a song about his vineyard. So this is the build-up of coming in to chapter 5. This is a powerful moment of a mighty God who is saying, I'm bringing forth provision. I'm going to bring forth the things that you need. I'm going to lavish my blessings upon you. That's what we're seeing in this portion of the scripture. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and he cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. You know, this is not just any vine. This is choice vines. Hallelujah. He built a watchtower um, in it and cut out a wine press as well. So what's important about building a watchtower? What's Elohim doing? He is giving, uh, you know, he is making sure he has every advantage to which 
to identify any evil that's coming. That's what the watchtower was put in the vineyard for, to basically make sure that you can see over the whole vineyard. If there's anything that's coming to destroy the vine, you can see from that high position. You could see with the walls around the vineyard. You could see if anyone's trying to breach the walls to come in and to damage uh, uh, this vineyard. And, you know, it's amazing. It's not just about having the choice vines in just an open plain. No, this is a fortified place that is being prepared. Hallelujah. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. What? Can you believe it? Can you believe what's being said here? You've got choice vines. You've got the God of the heavens and the earth. You've got the creator of the universe. What is he doing? He is bringing the best before the people of Elohim. He even cuts out the winepress as well. For what purpose? Ready to crush those grapes to reap an incredible harvest. There's an anticipation of a mighty harvest. As we read the scriptures, what do we see? We see the anticipation of a mighty harvest. We see that the gospel of the kingdom is going to go out to this generation and bring supernatural transformation. I want to ask you a question right now. What's your part in the Great Commission? What's your part in making a difference in making disciples and establishing the kingdom of Yehovah on the earth for such a time as this? Listen, there's going to be opposition. Why? What are we looking at? Let's keep reading. You know, he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Now you dwellers in Jerusalem and men of Judah... Judge between me and the vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? What more could I have done for it? What more could have been done? You've had nothing but the best. You've had nothing but the choice. This is the blessings, the supernatural blessings of God but yet bad fruit was coming forth. What more could have been done? Verse 5. Now I will tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I'm going to take away its hedge and it will be destroyed. I will break down its wall and it will be trampled. I will make it wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated. And briars and thorns will grow there. I will command the clouds not to rain on it. (laughs) You know, the other portion of Scripture where we see the heavens shutting up is when we are not following the feasts and we're not in in the the time of the millennial. If, If we are not represented, if the nations that are not represented in Jerusalem during the feasts, the Father says, it'll be a curse upon your land. You have to come up and celebrate. You have to come up and celebrate. So what are we seeing in Isaiah chapter 5? Here is the maker of the vineyard. What's he doing? I'm going to destroy this. Why? I have given this land, not just a blessing. I have given this land everything for supernatural increase and natural increase and transformation. There is nothing being withheld from this land. 
yet the land yielded only bad fruit. And I want this to be a warning to what are we doing with the kingdom within? What are we doing with the manifest power of a mighty God within our lives? Are we wasting the anointing? Are we wasting the call upon our lives? Are we so focused on doing things for our own personal gain that we are missing the very purpose of the kingdom? And when it comes to the fruit, where is our fruit? Are we producing any fruit? Are we producing good fruit? Are we producing bad fruit? Listen, we are pressing in on getting back to the fruit. We're getting back to the fruit. Some people are getting back to the root, and we've had the season getting back to the root, the roots of our faith, the Hebraic understanding of our faith. But if you stay focused on the root, you're going to miss the fruit. And this is the hour for us to be fruitful. And as we go through the scriptures, as we study the word together in devotion, what's our goal? That you and I will witness an incredible outpouring of the Spirit that we'll witness some of the greatest fruitfulness of our entire life, that we will be supernaturally aligned. Oh yeah, I'm getting excited about this. I'm getting excited. Verse 7, you know, we're talking about destruction, but let this be a warning to us as we are reading what's on the pages of Isaiah chapter 5. If you're just tuning in, that's where we're reading from. Verse 7 of Isaiah chapter 5. The vineyard of, of Yehovah Almighty is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are the garden of his delight. And he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed. He looked for righteousness, but heard cries of distress. Wow. So we clearly understand what this is about. It's the vineyard of Yehovah Almighty. We are here to fulfill the purposes of Yehovah. Hallelujah. The vineyard is the house of Israel and the and the men of Judah are the garden. They are his delight. And what's happening? We are what, not walking in the fullness of what the Father is expecting us to be. Why? Because his name is upon our lives. His name is upon your life. What are you facing today? Then face it with the name, Yehovah, of a mighty God upon your life. You are not destined to failure and brokenness. You are destined to victory. But if we do not align ourselves to the kingdom and to the kingdom principles and his promises through Yeshua the Messiah, you will not bear fruit. And you will be like this vineyard that we are reading about in Isaiah chapter 5. What we see in the continuation of this chapter, we see different wars that take place. And, um, you know, look, you know, we're all hanging out. Are you enjoying your time in the Word so far? Let's just read it. Let's just go through this step by step. You know, everyone wants to read about the blessings, but maybe we can learn something from the wars. Maybe we can learn from these six wars about, um, you know, how we need to operate within our life. I'm just going to read what those woes are and then we'll just uh, start to read down uh, this scripture. Number one is the woes of the land grabbers. 
It's those who are just building from themselves or building their mansions or extending their land. It's not about building the kingdom. It's all about their own personal gain. That's the first woe that we see in verse 8. So if you're taking notes, that's from verse 8. Hallelujah. The second woe is to the drunkard, and that's in verse 11. Woe to those who rise early in the morning and run after their drinks, who stay up late at night till they're inflamed with wine. And there's a continuation there. Uh, the first one is the, the land grabbers. It says in verse 8, Woe to you who add houses to ho- house to house and join field to field till no space is left and you live alone in the land. So you're just building everything for yourself. And I want to ask you the question, are you building for the kingdom? Are you investing in bringing supernatural transformation in the kingdom. Just get some air conditioning going on in here. Where are we at? What are we doing? The third woe is um, uh, the blasphemous. So we see that in verse 18. Woe to those who draw sin along with cords of deceit and wickedness as with um, cart ropes. To those who say, let God hurry, let him hasten his work so that we may see it. Let it uh, approach, let the plan of the Holy One of Israel come so that we may know it. But what are they doing? They're they're drawing from their sin. They're, they're like, ah, look at what we are going through. Where is God? Come on, God. You know, hurry up and do your work. Hurry up and do something. But you're not applying yourself to the purposes of God. You're just stuck in your own blasphemous sin. You've got idols uh, before God, you're taunting God to act. Can you act? Can you act in my life? Don't you know who I am? I'm one of God's chosen people from the house of Israel. Are you going to see any blessing coming from that place? The fifth woe is the the woe to the conceited. Okay, number five, that's in verse 21. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Pride comes before the fall. The next one, what was that? Number five. The last one is number six. Woe to the drunken judges. We see that in verse 22. (laughs) Isn't it funny that uh, the previous one, uh, verse five, the conceited, it's only one verse. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. There's nothing more to be said, you know? And the other woes, we've got a little bit of commentary going on. In that one, it's like, you know, pride, (laughs) you're going to fall. On six, what are we looking at? Drunken judges. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wines and champion at mixing drinks, um, who acquit the guilty for a bribe, but deny justice to the innocent. (laughs) That's what was going on at the time when this vineyard was being built. 
And this is why the commissioning of Isaiah had to take place. The father's like, where are the prophets that will rise up and speak forth the truth of Yahovah to this broken generation? It's time for us to come in line. It's time for us to get back to the place of fruitfulness. What is, uh, what's our focus in our life in Messiah? What's your focus? Are you just trying to get are you just trying to, uh, you know, fake it till you make it? Or are you trying to press forward in Messiah? Because we've got to be people who are pressing forward. And I just want to go back to uh, the first verse of Isaiah chapter 5. Listen, you know, we're not going to read the whole of chapter 5. I encourage you in your time, go through chapter 5, meditate on it. I've been meditating on this today and just been really blessed in this scripture. But verse 1, I will sing of the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on fertile on a fertile hillside. Hallelujah. So in the place of the declaration of blessing, it doesn't mean that you're going to walk in the fruitfulness uh, of what God has for your life. It doesn't mean that it's just automatically going to be added to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. And we're going to get there shortly. But I want us to turn to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 80. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 80. Thank you, Father. can't remember how much we're going to read of this. I think we'll just enjoy it from verse 1. And I want you to think about this chapter just in line with what we have heard in Isaiah uh, chapter 5. So in Psalm chapter 80 verse 1. Hear us, O shepherd of Israel, you who led Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between, between the cherubim um, between the cherubim shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might. Come and save us. And when I read this earlier, I just knew that this was the importance of what we are speaking on tonight. Awaken your might. Come and save us. I believe that as we minister tonight, it's time for supernatural alignment, for transformation, that we will be pushed, not by prophetic manipulation into believing whatever, but we will be pushed in line with the scriptures, in line with the, the word of Yehovah, so that we can see fruitfulness within our life, so the kingdom can be manifested through our life. Hallelujah. Awaken your might. What are we seeing? Hear us. O shepherd of Israel who led Joseph like a flock. What did he do? He led the children of Israel up out of Egypt. Verse 3. Restore us, O Elohim. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Do you remember the day? When you accepted Yeshua as your Lord and Savior, do you remember that moment where your face shone, where people would look at you? What's different about you? There's something different about you. You shine. It's salvation. It's the glory of Yehovah that's manifested upon your lives. 
And that's what we want to see. We want to see his glory manifest. We want to see our faces shining, his face shining upon us, reflecting through us, and not just saving us, but bringing transformation. Hallelujah. Verse 4, O Yehovah Elohim Almighty, how long will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with a bread of tears and have made them drink tears by the bowlful. Huh, just think of that a second. We're talking about Joseph being led out of Egypt because of, you know... <laughs> Just the, the manifestation of the kingdom. And what bread do we have here? This is not the bread of manna. This is not the manna. This is not the provision of heaven that's coming forth. What provision are they partaking of here in Psalm 80? What's happening? We have fed them, or you have fed them from the bread of tears. Oh, heaven, shut up. You're not going to have the blessing. <laughs> you're not going to uh, drink from the fruit of the vine. No, you're going to drink from the tears, bowlfuls of tears. You're going to have the bread of tears. Verse 6, you have made us a, a, a source of contention to our neighbors and our enemies mock us. Well, you know, it's so important that we get to the place of repentance. We get to the place of recognizing where we are. And the reason we're doing this series, this one life, make it count. How are we going to make it count? Is we have to take an account of our lives. Are we going in the right direction? Are we pressing in the right direction? Father, are you pleased with us in how we are walking? And when we recognize things are not aligned, we need to call out, restore us. Verse 7, O Elohim Almighty, make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. So we hear that for the second time. Verse 3, restore us, O Elohim, make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Verse 7, restore us, O Elohim Almighty, so, you know, it's not just Elohim, it's now Elohim Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Verse 8, you brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it and it took root and it filled the land. You know, what are we seeing here? You brought us up out of Egypt, we were the, the vine that you brought up out of Egypt. We were the choice, the people that you chose. Hallelujah. And you brought us into the promised land for what purpose? That we would manifest the kingdom of Elohim to the nations. Not that we would be a scorn to our neighbors. Contention, a source of contention to our neighbors and our enemies mocking us. No, we are meant to be the representation of the manifest glory of a mighty God. So how do people see you? Do they see us manifesting the glory of God? Listen, you know, you can go through trial, you can go through tribulation, you can go through hard times. You know, we talked about this over the past few days in the beginning of this series. We talked about it. You know, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You know, don't worry about these things. 
You cleared the ground for it and it took root and you filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade. The mighty cedars with its branches. I sent out its brooks to the sea. It shoots as far as the river Euphrates. So we're going from the Mediterranean all the way to Euphrates. We're talking about the blessings, the promises of God. His blessings are being manifest. The mountains are covered with its shade. Why? Because the the produce, the growth, the blessing that's coming forth from the land. And here we are. We're called to walk in the blessings that the Father has for us in this land. Hallelujah. Verse 12. Why have you broken down its walls so that all who pass by pick its grapes? Boars from the forest ravage it and the creatures of the fields feed upon it. Where is God? Is he not protecting the walls? Is he not protecting? Why? Because of the sin, because of what's taking place within our lives. But here in Psalm 80, what's taking place? The children of Elohim are recognizing that we are out of the will of Yehovah. We need to repent and come before a mighty God. Verse 14, return to us, O Elohim Almighty. Look down from heaven and see Watch over this vine. The root, um, the root your right hand has planted, the sun you have raised up for yourself. Hallelujah. Your vine is cut down, it is burned with fire. At your rebuke, your people perish. We don't want to walk in the rebuke of Yehovah, but we want to walk in his blessing. Verse 17. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand. The son of man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Let the hand rest on the man at your right hand. Who is this? It's the Messiah, the son of man you have raised up. For yourself. Verse 19. Restore us, O Yehovah, Elohim Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Hallelujah. We have got to get to the place where we are witnessing the salvation of a mighty God. We've got to recognize where we are at and how we are humbling ourselves before a mighty God. We've got to get to that place where we see the difference between rebellion and, you know, surrender to God. Restore us. Do you truly want restoration? Do you feel the reason why you're not seeing the fruitfulness? Listen, you could be in a place where your um, your uh, vineyard is under attack. The provisions and the things that God has for you is under attack. But listen, hold strong through it. It's nothing to do with the pandemic or any of these things. The Father is allowing this sifting. He's allowing this shaking. And it's okay if you're being shaken, even if it shakes up everything and you lose everything that's around you, if you know, if that's what it's going to take, not necessarily because of sin. It could be the Father is just positioning you. He's just bringing you through and he's going to give you a testimony in the midst of a storm of victory, of transformation. 
So it's okay to go through the storm. It's okay to be uh, pushed around with the events of what's happening within this life. But what's not okay is when you run away from God, when you choose the wars, the six wars we just talked about in Isaiah chapter 5, when we start acting in an ungodly manner. It's not acceptable. We've got to know how to go through the storms of life and bring forth the life of a mighty God. So what, what, what's our focus tonight? Our focus is that we don't want to uh, remain in rebellion and separation, but we want to get to the place where we are changing the outcome of our life in Messiah. So don't do it by yourself. We have got to do it in and through Messiah. So let's turn to 1 John chapter 3. Hallelujah. And we're going to read a few verses that's uh, relating to this in uh, verse 19. 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. Talking about uh, prayer. This, this then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Whenever our hearts condemn us, uh, sorry, because it's, it's got the verse in the middle of the sentence. Let's just read that within context. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence whenever our hearts condemn us. For Elohim is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. This is an interesting portion that we are seeing here. It's, it's basically saying... Um, we set our hearts at rest in his presence whenever our hearts content, con, condemn us. Why? We've got to identify what's going on within our hearts. Look, you don't want to get to judgment day and just hope that everything's going to be okay. You can know if everything's going to be okay when you come before your Savior. How are you living we serve a God who sees everything. Listen, I don't like everything that I see behind the scenes and who I am. I want to be changed from glory to glory. I want to be moving forward in my life. I want to recognize my failures, my, my faults, and align myself before God. Because what does it say? For Elohim is greater than our hearts. So you've got to test your heart. You've got to judge your own hearts. But God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Let's just read on these few verses. Dear friends, verse 21, If our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before Elohim, and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command to believe in the name of his Son, Yeshua, the Messiah, and to love one another as he has commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that we live, that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit he gave us. Hallelujah. What an action-packed portion of Scripture that we see there. You know, let, let's just go back and, and just take this slowly and think about it. 
If our hearts do not condemn us, if you're searching your heart and the way you're living your life, if your heart does not condemn you, if you're applying your life to his commandments, to walking in his ways, and not in legalism, by the way, not in following religion, not in Judaism, not in Christianity, you know, because what I love about this portion of Scripture when it's dealing with his commands and his commandments to do what? To believe in the name of the Son, Yeshua HaMashiach, and to love one another as he's commanded us. But what does it say at the end? We know it by the Spirit he gave us. Woe to us if we ever get to the place where we're not convicted by the Spirit because of the sins within our lives. It's very easy for us just to be in the place of darkness and say, you know, yes, you know God knows, but why do we still do it? Yes, you know God knows, why do you still say it? Yes, you know God knows, why are you acting in this way? When we know God knows. If our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. We need to see the confidence before Elohim rise up. We need to see great confidence before a mighty God. You know, you want to see fruitfulness? You want to see blessing? What are we talking about? We're talking about coming into a season of incredible fruit. We're talking about being equipped for the purposes of God, having the provision. Listen, we've been through warfare Year after year, since 2014, it's just been one thing after another. This year hasn't been any different. Huh. It's interesting what happens when you're in the midst of the storm. And here comes Job's accusers. Here comes people that want to spiritually analyze what's going on in your life. Well, well, listen, you know, if your heart doesn't condemn you, you can have confidence. It doesn't matter what man says against you. It doesn't matter what man slanders against you. You can stand and praise the name of Yeshua knowing you're washed in the blood of Messiah and that you are living in accordance with his will and purpose, you don't have to be in, in fear. And I love what it says. When we stand in confidence before Elohim, we receive from him everything we ask because we obey his commandments and we do what pleases him. And we do what pleases him. So what pleases the Father? That we believe on the Son that we are found in the Son. This is what pleases the Father. So how are you living out your life in faith? Are you living out your life in faith in great fruitfulness? And I want to tell you, even in the midst of the storms, even in the midst of all the things we've been through over the years, and yes, it's tiring. Yes, it's difficult, but we continue to fast. We continue to uh, pray. We set our face like a flint and we say, Hallelujah! We serve a mighty God and yes, it's not easy. But in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of the storm, God, you are faithful. <laughs> Why? Well, you know, why shouldn't you just curse God right now? Why shouldn't you say, there is no God? Look at what you're going through. Where is God? How long is it going to take for you to see the blessings of God manifest in your life? How many people does it take to speak out against you and mock you and mock your faith, mock your walk? Are you going to curse God and give up and just lie on the side and just be burnt up like chaff? Or are you going to recognize what the scripture says? 
If your heart doesn't condemn you, if you know you're walking in the truth, come on. You have confidence before mighty God. And one of the key things is where is Yeshua, the Messiah, in your life? Oh, you can be passionate about the Word, but if you're not passionate in the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, if you're not passionate in the Spirit, what do we have? What do we truly have? And this is how we know that He lives in us. Look, you don't need to know about Yeshua. You need to have him dwelling on the inside. If you're listening right now and you've been so caught up in religion, maybe you've come back to the Hebraic roots of the faith, but you've come to the place where you're denying the Messiah. You come to the place where you're so caught up in Judaism. Listen, you need to repent. Teshuvah, you need to turn around and get back to salvation. And get back to the place of deliverance and get back to how we are truly meant to walk in the Spirit. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Look, I'm, I'm just preaching out of the overflow of what I'm living through. I'm just preaching out of the overflow <laughs> of where I am at in my walk, where our families are in our walk. I'm not going to sit back. I'm not going to lie down to the assignments of the enemy. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm not going to have COVID-19 shape my future. In the midst of this storm, I'm praying for a mighty manifestation of not raising up people who follow our ministry, but raising up leaders who are discipled, who are trained, who are equipped, who will take hold of these teachings and be supernaturally transformed by the power of a mighty God. That's what it's about. That we will be convicted in the ways and the places where we need to be convicted. That we will receive the confidence in the places where we need to receive his confidence. If your hearts do not condemn you, we have confidence before a mighty God. We are not called to live selfishly, but we're called to live a selfless life. So what, what are you going to say to self right now? Self, <laughs> lie down and shut up in Yeshua's name. Why? Because if we can see what we just read in Isaiah chapter 5, <laughs> the choices of vine, of, of plants being planted, the best hands, the best superstar of the universe creating the vineyard, and yet the fruit was bad. Oh, we need to be aligned. You can't bear fruit by yourself. You can't bear good fruit by yourself. There is nothing good, nothing good that, come, that can come forth from you. We're not just trying to get to the place where we feel good in life. Oh, I just feel so good. Listen, you know, it's very easy to feel good when you've just got the comforts of life. And, oh, you know, this is so good. But when tough times come, how do you feel? Are you going to live your life, build your life on the basis of feelings and your own uh, delusion of selfishness and your own gain? Or are we going to be investors in the kingdom to bring transformation to this generation? Where do we stand? Where do we stand? You know, 
John chapter 15. Hallelujah. What do we see in uh, the importance of John chapter 14, 15, and 16? What are we seeing is we are seeing um, Yeshua. What's he trying to do? He's trying to go over his life and his ministry with his disciples before he pays the ultimate price and lays his life down as the ultimate sign of sacrifice and a selfless desire to see the sins of this world being paid for in full by becoming a curse for us. Hallelujah. John chapter 15 verse 1. I am the true vine. <laughs> I am the true vine. He is the fullness of Israel and that's why we are in him. So we see who the the vine is in Isaiah chapter 5. And here's Yeshua. What's he saying? Oh, by the way, just in case you're asking, I'm the true vine. Maybe he's saying this as he's picking up a bottle of wine and he's pouring the, the, the blessing. He's, he's pouring the fruitfulness, the finished product from the vineyard in Isaiah chapter 5. There's hardly any fruit coming forth. And here's Yeshua, no introduction. I am the true vine. It's not like, and Yeshua is walking past the vineyard and he says, no, I'm the true vine. So what's the example? Obviously, there's something that's set before him and the disciples. This is the conversation that Yeshua is having before he lays his life down. I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So what's it saying? He cuts off every branch that doesn't bear fruit. You know, the other day when my gardener, or a couple of months ago actually, just before Sukkot, the gardener was in the garden and Haley's like, oh, you know, I've got to get the gardener to cut uh, our grapefruit tree um, because there's just, you know, so much growth. Maybe it wasn't pruned properly in the in the, the correct season. And we had all these suckers and everywhere, you know, blocking the fruit. And I'm like, oh, Haley, no, leave it. You know, this tree is full. You start cutting with that. What's going to happen to our fruit? And, you know, the day the gardener comes and he's working in the garden and he gets up there with his, uh, his chainsaw thing or whatever it's called, and he starts just hacking at those branches. He's cutting things off. And he's not just cutting off that which is dead, rotten, and broken. No, he's cutting off all these green leaves. He's cutting off all this foliage. I'm like, man, oh, God, man, that's so drastic. And there's even bits of fruit being cut off with it. And I'm like, oh, you know, we're losing a couple of our grapefruits and we have an amazing grapefruit harvest. You know, I love it as we come into the grapefruit season in about the next two or three weeks. Can't wait. Awesome. Uh, every morning to get up and pull a grapefruit off the tree. You know, we usually get bags of them, you know, like 40 to 60 grapefruits we get in our harvest. But when I saw him hacking away at it, I'm like, what, you know, what is he doing? But he's the gardener. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's shaping. He's not concerned about a little bit of what looks like fruit. Why? It's not fully grown fruit. It's just fruit. But he knows the environment that that fruit 
is um, growing in and it's not healthy. It's not a healthy environment. So, boom, he chopped it off where the rest of us <laughs> who are unskilled in these uh, husbandry actions... Uh, you know, we'd be like, oh, no, leave it. That looks like a grapefruit. That's probably going to be grapefruit. And how many times have you gone up and you've picked off fruit from a tree, you get home, you cut it open, and you go to eat it, and it's rotten on the inside. It's disgusting. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So we don't want to see those bad fruits. We see the cutting off of those branches. And, and what are these branches within our lives? These are the actions that you are doing, trying to live your life in your own strength and in your own ability. And we're going to see that in a couple of seconds here. We've got to fine-tune our lives to make sure our lives are counting for bringing the kingdom. And listen, you might be watching right now, and I'm not telling you give up your job and become a missionary and go to the outbacks of Africa or the Amazon. That's not what I'm saying to you. We need to know that we're walking in our calling in the place the Father has placed us, and the Father places people in business. He places you in your workplace. He doesn't expect you to be lazy. He wants you to apply work to your hands to make a difference. But what are you building? Are you building uh, in fruitless ways? Is your energy, is your strength, is your finances going in the wrong direction? Then I believe what the Father is saying here today is that he is aligning us. He wants us to get to that place where we uh, will see transformation. And what are we praying for? Awaken your might. Come save us, Yehovah. We want to see the God of the universe, the creator of the heavens and earth. We want to see him work on our behalf and align us, help us, take this rottenness away from us, take uh, the, the, the branches away from us that are bearing no fruit. I love what it says. Uh, you know, it says that he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You know, talk about pruning. I'm talking about pruning and taking off that which is bad. But this pruning that he's talking about here, at the right time and preparation, before the seed, before fruit comes forth, what happens? You see the farmers hacking those trees all the way back so they just look like a bunch of sticks and twigs. What have you done to my tree? You know, never forget my neighbor the other uh, year. Haley is calling up the, the local county because the tree next to the garden is so huge. And when the storms come, it could easily, uh, you know, crash uh, down and, and uh, fall on the house. And they came round. They hacked that tree. You can't believe how they hacked it. We lost our privacy. You know, all of that beautiful green all smashed to the ground. <laughs> it did not take long before that fresh foliage came, before the privacy came back. You know, some of you are so protective over your privacy that you don't want to deal and allow the Father to deal with things in your life because it's going to expose you. It's going to, it's going to make you look weak. And there are those fruit trees pruned all the way back to their bare nakedness. 
but the Father has a plan. This is what it takes. The other word for pruning, which is very interesting, is the word to clean. He cleans things up. He gets the he gets rid of the the dirt. He gets rid of 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 what's going to um, cause um, damage to the fruitfulness of the next season. And as we are in preparation right now, we want to be in preparation to come to the fullness of fruitfulness. Hallelujah. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Hallelujah. So how do we know to be cleaned in this process? If Yeshua is the the vine and we are the branches, how do we know we are clean? It's by the words that he has spoken to us. Are you receiving the word of Yehovah? Are you receiving the words of Yeshua tonight? Are you taking hold of the word of the Spirit? Because look, this is the time for transformation. The word, this is what cleans us, the words that's spoken to us. Remain in me, verse 4, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Oh, may this verse, this uh, verse 4 become a living revelation to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You can't bear fruit. This is not about those branches with lovely green that are growing up and using the fullness of the sap and taking from the branches that are trying to bear fruit. You know, we call them suckers. You know, Uh, we have suckers in uh, flowers. You have suckers in trees. And that's what you've got to cut off. You cut off those suckers. You cut off those branches that are not going to bear fruit. And the Father knows those areas. And you need to identify those areas within your life. If I walk down this area, it's not going to bring forth fruit in my life. So maybe you've just got to allow the Father to cut off those branches. Maybe you've got people in your life, relationships in your life, and they are just septic. Then... Get them out of your life. It's affecting the fruitfulness of a mighty God in your life. Make some changes. Position yourself for growth. Position yourself for blessing. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Everything you do outside of who Yeshua is counts for nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Oh, you can do lots. (laughs) This is not what it's talking about. Nothing that's going to have an effect... In the kingdom, nothing that's going to have an eternal lasting effect. So I want to ask you the question, what do you want to build? What do you want to build? Do you want to build in accordance with the kingdom or do you just want to keep building in accordance with the flesh? What are you storing up for yourself? Are you storing up thinking you've just got to get to the place, you know, where, you know, you've gathered it all together? You know, I don't know how many uh, People in missions that I know have surrendered and sacrificed their whole life 
their wealth building opportunities, the prime of their youth, the prime of their life. They've sown it into the kingdom. They come to the place of retirement and somehow, some way, Here comes inheritances. Here comes blessings. There's supernatural provision. There's provision that you never set up. There's resources that come from channels that you never built. It wasn't by what you did. It wasn't by your pension building because of your job. If you give up in this life for my kingdom... What does Yeshua say? I will richly reward you. You will not just see fruit. (laughs) But what does it say? You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Why? Why is this so important? Because we have so many people that are trying to look out for number one, not Yehovah, but look out for number one self. What? Just in case God doesn't come through for you? Just in case he forgets about you. Maybe he's not real. Maybe you don't understand the true foundation of your salvation. What price are you willing to pay to bring forth an incredible uh, uh, outpouring of a mighty God within your life? What price are you willing to pay? If we know the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit wants you to bear much fruits apart from me you can do nothing come on receive the word tonight we just saw how israel was the the vine uh, you know uh, and the ground that the father invested in in isaiah chapter 5 and what was the result bad fruit nothing and then here comes the woe here comes the woe this is why you're in this place maybe we'll just go back to isaiah chapter 5 You know, I just, I, I want you to get this. I want us to get to the place where we recognize who he is. Where are we at? I love what it says in verse 26. See, we didn't read the whole chapter of Isaiah chapter 5. And listen, you know, this is your homework. I want you to go through and meditate on this chapter. I want you to experience the fullness of what God has for you. Listen, so many times, every month in our ministry, how we function, how we live, we're not storing up so that we can have this amazing ministry that only lives off the interest. No, we take the resources that we get in the ministry and we sow them into the kingdom today. We sow them into the kingdom this month. We don't have to store up for next month. Why? Because God knows. He knows how to bring us through. He is responsible for our provision. And if everything's taken away, and if everything has to go, that's okay too. Why? Because we will just build, we will stand on the promises of Yehovah. So we might be in the place of a mighty storm in a global pan, uh, pandemic, but we will see the victory of Yehovah. In verse 26, he lifts up a banner for the distant nations. I love this. He whistles for those at the ends of the earth. <whistles> you know, that's, that's my whistle for Joey 
And when Joey hears it, boom, he comes running. He knows it's time to go for a walk. We are heading out. I hope he doesn't hear that two floors up from the studio. Or he'll be thinking that we're going out in the middle of the night. Here he comes. <laughs> Let's get the glasses on so I can see it properly. Here he comes swiftly and speedily. Not one of them grows tired or stumbles. Not one of them slumbers or sleeps. Not uh, a belt is loosened at the waist. Not a sandal thong is broken. Their arrows are sharp and their bows uh, are strung. Their horses' hoofs seem like flint. Their chariot wheels like uh, a whirlwind. Their roar is like that of a lion. They roar like young lions. They growl as they seize their prey and carry it off with no one to rescue. In that day, they will roar over it like the roaring of a sea. And of uh, one. Uh, and if one looks at the land, he will see darkness and distress. Even the light will uh, be darkened by the clouds. And what are we seeing here? We're seeing that the the actions that Israel took and Judah took, the way they lived their lives, how they conducted themselves, they defiled the land that God had given them. And what did he do? He whistled for the Assyrians. He called for the Babylonians. He said, I'm going to uproot you from the land and I'm going to take you out. Why? You have not been faithful. You have, I'm going to scatter you to the nations, like I said in the Torah. I'm going to put you out there. Why? Because of your disobedience. Because your fruit is not the fruit of the Spirit. Because you've invested your life in the ways and the things of the world and the idols and idolatry. You've served other gods before me. And because of that, the very commandments will come against you. And why are the commandments created? The commandments were created because of the sin that was already present. The rules didn't come first. We were already walking in lawlessness. And the commandments came so that we could identify the wrong within our life, so that we could bring change to our life. That's why I rejoice over the commandments of our mighty God. This is the kaduba, the conditions of marriage. You want to walk with God? Then these are the conditions. Have no other God before me. You want to walk with God? Do not steal. Do not commit murder. You want to walk with God? Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. Well, you know, I like all the others, but I don't know if I like that one. I'm happy with Sun Worship Day. We are called to walk in his commandments. We are called to love him. If we don't, what's going to happen? There's going to be a whistle that goes up. There's going to be a call to people of the nations. And they will come and they will devour and they will kick you out of the land. Where do we stand today? Do we stand in the place where we say, I cry out for restoration. I cry out, Father, will you heal the land? As we've just come through the fall feast, what are we looking at? We're looking at the intercession on behalf of the nation, Israel. And we also stand on behalf of the nations. And as we stand, 
here today we speak forth. Awaken your might. Come and save us, Yahovah, as we pray and intercede over America. Awaken your might. Come and save us. Are we going to see deliverance? Are we going to see a new day in America where there'll be hope for more change towards the purposes of God? Or are we going to see a breaking down of the nation? Are we going to see a cursing come upon the land? We've got to come to the place of prayer. But as we take time and we see what's happening in the balances politically today, I want you to take time and see what balances in your life concerning the kingdom. This is not about anyone else. This is about you. This is about you before God. This is about you coming to the place where you recognize who he is. You recognize what's taking place. And as we saw in 1 John uh, chapter 2, uh, 1 John chapter 3, what does it say? Is your heart condemning you? If our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God. And I want you to get to the place where you say, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah. There's no condemnation. But let me tell you something. If you are living in sin, living in the world, it doesn't matter what God has done for you. It doesn't matter the, the, the saving power of a mighty Savior that Yeshua died and paid the price if you don't receive him. If you don't accept him, if you don't walk in his ways. Oh, I prayed the prayer. I'm okay and I'm going to live like hell. Well, what did we read in Galatians yesterday? <laughs> is, that, uh, is that what we witnessed in Galatians chapter 5 yesterday? It's for freedom that Messiah has set us free. Stand firm then and don't let yourself be burdened again to a yoke of slavery. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through the love of God. That's the only thing that counts. Oh, you're walking in the commandments. You're trying to do what's right. And you're just one horrible person because you have no love. Oh, Father, soften our hearts. Prepare us. Yes, there's a place for tough love. Yes. Oh, thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for the scriptures. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with this word as we have shared. I hope this word is spoken to you because, look, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to say you've got one life. Are you going to make it count? You know, are you going to leave behind a legacy or is someone going to have to have a gravestone for you just so people can remember who you are or who you were? <laughs> Or are the words you speak, the things that you do, going to live beyond your days? Is the actions, the things you invested in, are they going to live beyond your days? Are we investing in the kingdom? It's not just about us. Die to self, lay your life down. It doesn't matter if anyone remembers your name. But the question is, is what you have sown in the Spirit, is that living on to the next generation? Is that making a difference in the lives of others? It's not about your name. We don't want our name to be great. We want to make Yeshua famous. Hallelujah. Make his name great so that his name 
will make a difference in the generation. It's going to happen, with or without you. You've got a choice. Are we going to play a part in building the kingdom and being fruitful, bearing much fruit? We haven't even finished in the book of uh, uh, John chapter 15, and I'm not going to read it anymore. Uh, go on, read the rest of the chapter, enjoy the chapter. It's, it's such a blessing what we see within the, the, the scripture of John chapter 14, 15, and 16. Meditate on it. Enjoy it. You know, I just want you to get hold of the core of, of what I'm saying today. Test your heart. Where do you stand? I've got to test my heart. Where do I stand? I'm challenged by this word. I'm challenged with what the Holy Spirit is saying. I want you to be challenged. You know, I live a lifestyle of fasting and prayer and, and pressing forward because I understand how important it is that I am aligned by the Spirit and I want to encourage you to that place as well. Where are you? Are you just so consumed with the ways of the world that you're missing a mighty God? Then call out in the place of intercession over your own life and over your nation and over the nations, over Israel, I proclaim, awaken your might, Yehovah, come and save this land. But start right here with me. Bring the change within me so that your change can go forth. The Father's waiting for his people to rise up. He's waiting for his people to rise up. He is waiting for you. So take an account of your life today. Take an account of how you live, how you sow, how you walk, how you grow. Take an account. That's what I'm doing in this season. I want to see an increase of fruitfulness. I'm coming against the assignments of the enemy. I'm coming against the attacks. I'm saying enough is enough in Yeshua's name. I have confidence in my God. I've checked my heart and my conscience is clear and I'm going to see the manifest power of God. If I will line up with his word, if I will remain in Yeshua and he will remain in me, you can ask anything in my name and it will be done. Thanks for listening to today's message. Hope you're blessed and encouraged today. Just go for God. Come on, I want you to share testimony with me. How's this message affecting you? Write in the comments right here on Facebook and on YouTube, if that's where you're watching. If you're listening by podcast, I want you to email me, kenny at bulldozerfaith.com. You can go to our website and click on the contact page as well. You can post a private message on social media um, uh, as well on, 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 on Facebook. I want to hear from you. What's the Father saying to you? Are we going to walk this journey together? Or am I just speaking to the air? Is this message ministering to anyone tonight? If you've been blessed with this message, I just want to encourage you, just do thumbs up right now on YouTube, thumbs up on Facebook. I encourage you, share this message with others. But let's walk together as the body of Messiahs. Our goal is not to raise followers. Our goal is to impart to leaders to make a difference. You know... Leaders are not meant to be out trying to work out how to get followers. Leaders just lead and people will follow. So you've just got to lead. That's all you've got to do. So let's raise up leaders and forget about who's following. 
you know, Yeshua had some very nice messages that were so powerful and so strong. Everybody left him. And he's just sitting there with the twelve, and he's like, well, what are you going to do? If you can't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you're not worthy to be my disciple. If you can't partake of me, that's what he's saying. Everyone's like, oh, my goodness me, I'm out of here. And the twelve are like, well, where are we going to go? You know, we've invested everything in you, Yeshua. We've got nowhere to go. We've got nothing to fall back on. We didn't have a plan B. And this is where I want you to get at in your in, in your life. What what's the true characteristics of a leader? A leader has already chosen his path, chosen his direction. He's already paid the price. He's already died. You can't kill him. You can't kill the dream. You can't kill his God-given calling because he's already died to self before he even started. And that's where we've got to get to. You get to that place and you're going to see exploits for the kingdom. You're going to see great fruit. If you're blessed and encouraged and you want to sow into our ministry, listen, stand with us, bulldoze of faith. Sow into this ministry. If you're blessed and encouraged, plant seeds, give generously. Why? We are not meeting the bills that we need to meet. But that's not why I'm sharing this message. I'm telling it's my walk, you know. I'm not saying you need to provide. I'm not going to sit here with manipulation and control. If you're blessed, give. I'm going to come before my Father and He will make, uh, meet the needs of our family and the ministry at this time. It's all covered. But if He's calling you to give, give out of a generous and loving, joyful heart. Hallelujah. And you will see the blessings come back to you, pressed down running over, shaking together, however the order of that scripture is. But that's the promise. If we are giving into the kingdom, we're going to see the blessing. So if you want to give, you can see the link at the beginning of the message. It's bulldozeoffaith.com forward slash give. You can choose to give in the currency of whatever country you are watching in. Um, if it's uh, yeah by PayPal for other nations outside of uh, the U.S. and uh, the U.K., Thanks for watching. It's such a blessing. I am so encouraged. I can't believe it. Look at the time. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm on fire. I'm looking forward to what we're going to see coming out of America in the next 24 hours. Maybe or maybe it'll be a month before we know. But the bottom line is, you know, this is an important election. But there's something even more important than the election. And it's how we are preparing to walk in the kingdom. Until next time, shalom, shalom. Thanks for joining with me. Hallelujah.